0: From the East Coast to the West Coast and to listeners around the world. Welcome to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. We're broadcasting on Liberty Works Radio Network at libertyworksradionetwork.com and their affiliate stations. Also, don't forget you can learn more about our show and find podcasts posted at Show. Com. Today, I don't have a guest, but this is going to be an important program. It's about something I've recently discovered called Christian Palestinianism. For a long time, I have wanted to do a program on something called replacement theology, and in fact, I even had an interview lined up with a pastor to discuss replacement theology. Unfortunately, that interview never happened. Now, I thought replacement theology would be an important program because I could see how it, it's a position that the church takes against, in, against Israel and the Jewish people, and I can see the dangerous effects of replacement theology. That's why I wanted to do a show on it. So when I was getting ready for that interview, I was doing research. And that's when I came across Christian Palestinianism. Now, replacement theology says because the Jews rejected Christ, that God in turn has has now rejected the Jewish people and that all the promises that he made in the Bible to Israel are null and void, basically. And that now the church will replace Israel and will be the recipient of those blessings and promises that were once for Israel. So basically, they say that Israel's finished in the eyes of God. Now, in my opinion, this basically calls God a liar, because in the Bible, he gave those promises. Now, Christian Palestinianism is sort of the cousin of replacement theology. But in my It's my belief that Christian Christian Palestinianism is just even more dangerous. It's like replacement theology on steroids. I think it's even more dangerous. And what's scary is that it's backed by a lot of evangelical Christian pastors. I think Christian Palestinianism is just the beginning of a dangerous push to get people, nation, states, countries, what have you, to resent and eventually build an extreme hatred towards Israel. Think back to Nazi Germany, and we will be doing it all again. This movement goes a step further than replacement theology. They even say that Jesus was a Palestinian who lived under occupation. And in my belief, it's just Satan's way of completely distorting the word of God. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians are listening to this teaching and it's taking hold. I believe that Christian Palestinianism, the movement, is going to be a strong catalyst that might even fulfill the Word of God, and that it, it becomes so bad, this hatred that it actually gets the Jewish people in America to move to Israel. And as you know, the Bible prophesied that the Jews will go back to Israel. So maybe this movement will, in its own strange way, fulfill God's word. Now, while doing the research, I came across a great video from the 2011 Berean Call Conference. I found this on the Berean Call website, and this video... There's a pastor named Dr. Paul Wilkinson, and he speaks to a church on Christian Palestinianism. Today I'm going to play many excerpts from this conference. You can visit the Brian Call website and view the video in its entirety now for free. And before I start playing some of the audio clips, first I'd like to tell you a little bit about Dr. Paul Wilkinson. He is the associate minister at Hazel Grove Full Gospel Church in Stockport, England. He converted to Christ in February 1990 while studying mathematics and statistics at University of York. He has a B.S. in mathematics statistics, a B.A. and an M.A. in theology, and a Ph.D. in religions and theology. Additionally, he studied at the International School of Holocaust Studies in Jerusalem. He is a member of the Council of Prophetic Witness Movement International in the UK, and he's a member of the Pre-Trib Research Center in Lynchburg, Virginia. Now, just to set this up, in the first segment, Dr. Paul Wilkinson will introduce Christian Palestinianism, and he'll start by playing a video-slash-pop culture song that had recently been released in the UK that sort of uplifts this Palestinian movement. And it's very much against the state of Israel and the Jewish people. So he'll start with that and then he sort of explains. So I'm gonna go ahead and start that segment right now.
1: Christian Palestinianism. This is not going to be the most edifying of sessions at the conference. So I'm looking more forward to sharing in the next two sessions, but things are happening and we need to be aware. Just a few weeks ago, a pop single was released in the UK charts by a gathering of musicians from around the world. They came together under the name One World. The title of the song is Freedom for Palestine. It's been endorsed by many Christian groups. It's been endorsed by Stop the War campaign and War Against, uh, Coalition Against the Iraq War and all kinds of organizations and uh, it's even been endorsed on the Facebook page of Coldplay. I'm not into the music scene, I don't use Facebook, but Coldplay are one of the largest pop groups in the world today and they have endorsed this single, the inspiration of which was Free Nelson Mandela, the song that was released in the 1980s and uh, you're going to hear a little bit of this song right now.
2: No matter your faith or community, this is a crime against humanity. Gods are turned into a prison camp. A part-time
3: won't divides the West Bank. We are the people.
2: Legal occupation, violence and racial segregation, all religious communities unite, freedom is a human
3: life.
1: Some of the key words there apartheid war occupation freedom for Palestine
4: I am proud to support freedom for Palestine by one world I urge everyone to buy the single and spread its message let's send a message to governments that a critical mass of people want to see an end to the Israeli occupation of Palestine and the oppression of its people
1: what is Christian Palestinianism in essence it is an inverted mirror image of Christian Zionism few key points here where the Bible is seen to be Christian not Jewish the church is the new Israel not a new people The land is Palestine, not Israel. The Holocaust is resented, not remembered. The 14th of May 1948 is a catastrophe, not a miracle. The state of Israel is considered to be illegitimate, not prophetic. Israeli Jews are considered to be illegal occupiers. Bible prophecy is simply a moral manifesto, not a signpost to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus is portrayed as being Palestinian rather than Jewish. This is Naimatik. He is the founder of an organization called Sabil in Jerusalem. He founded that in 1994. Sabil represents the Palestinian Ecumenical Liberation Theology Center. If you can get your mind around that. But those words will tell you what this organization, professedly a Christian organization, is all about. And I've described Naimatik as the chief architect of Christian Palestinianism this is his first book published in nineteen eighty nine two years after the first palestinian intifada or uprising that took place in israel the title of the book justice and only justice a palestinian theology of liberation Naimatik is an anglican clergyman formerly the canon of saint george's cathedral in jerusalem and he took the writings of a peruvian roman catholic theologian called gustavo gutierrez who in nineteen seventy published a book called A Theology of Liberation in which he portrayed the Lord Jesus Christ as the great liberator of the poor and the oppressed of the earth. His most recent book is A Palestinian Christian Cry for Reconciliation and just this one quote will sum up what Sabiel and what Palestinian ecumenical liberation theology and Christian Palestinianism is all about. Naimatique writes, Palestinian liberation theology focuses on the humanity of Jesus of Nazareth, who was also a Palestinian living under an occupation. In 2001, in his Easter message in Jerusalem, this is what Naimatik preached. Here in Palestine, Jesus is again walking the Via Dolorosa. Jesus is the powerless Palestinian humiliated at a checkpoint. The woman trying to get through to the hospital for treatment. The young man whose dignity is trampled. The young student who cannot get to the university to study. The unemployed father who needs to find bread to feed his family. In this season of Lent, it seems to many of us that Jesus is on the cross again with thousands of crucified Palestinians around him. It only takes people of insight to see the hundreds of thousands of crosses throughout the land. Palestinian men, women and children being crucified. Palestine has become one huge Golgotha. The Israeli government crucifixion system is operating daily. Palestine has become the place of the skull. Christmas Eve 2010, the Palestinian Media Watch uh, organization headlined, Jesus was a Palestinian, no one denies that, says Palestinian Authority television you see a caption there of Sami Ganadre, a Palestinian author who said that Jesus was the first Palestinian shaheed, martyr those that blow themselves up in the name of the Palestinian cause Sami Ganadre is not claiming to be a Christian but I want you to watch a short extract from YouTube an interview that was given with a man by the name of Mustafa Barghouti he ran for president of the Palestinian Authority at the, te- at the same time of Mac- as Mahmoud Abbas, back in 2005. Unless you speak Arabic, you won't be able to understand, but the translation will be at the bottom of the caption. Listen to what he has to say. Jesus was the first Palestinian who was tortured in this land. Now you're going to hear from Sheikh Muhammad Hussein the Grand Mufti Muslim of Jerusalem
2: Jesus and his mother Mary were Palestinians
1: par excellence Okay, we might understand that the Muslim world wants to embrace Jesus and claim Jesus for themselves. But when the Christian community, when the church uses the same language, we know we are in trouble. Here is the Reverend Dr. Alistair Black. He is a Baptist pastor at Stirling Baptist Church in Scotland in the UK. Just before Christmas, he was invited to address the Scottish Parliament at Holyrood in Edinburgh. What a wonderful opportunity to bring a Christian message, a thought for the day before the Scottish Parliament convened. He spoke how he had just been on a sabbatical in, what, in Nablus, in what he called the West Bank in Palestine, where he saw for himself what life was like for the Palestinian people living under occupation. And he was filled with hope because he met a man who took him to this place where he was running a circus for little children, teaching them how to juggle and all those kinds of things. And that filled him with great hope and this is how he concluded his message before the Scottish Parliament.
3: Immediately my despair was replaced with hope not because I believed the circus would change the world, or that teaching children to be clowns is the antidote to Israeli bullets and Islamic extremists. Now I found hope because I knew that as long as people believed maybe naively believed, they could make a difference. The darkness would not overcome the light. And this is the hope of Christmas, that the birth of another Palestinian child, who was born a refugee and subject to military oppression, brought. As the Apostle John says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It is this belief, and some may say this naive belief, that the child that was born in Bethlehem offers a light to the world and a hope in our despair that no political, military or social power can match. And it is because of his birth that we can confront those situations of despair and hopelessness with the promise of hope, peace
1: and new possibility. This is the hope of Christmas that another Palestinian child born a refugee the occupation.
0: We've been listening to excerpts of the 2011 Berean Call Conference on Christian Palestinianism with Dr. Paul Wilkinson. He talks about why this is a dangerous teaching. We'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers radio show.
4: thousands of years, people from the Brazilian rainforest have used the Asahi Berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate Asahi Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate Asahi Diet is loaded with pure organic Asahi extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite, and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the Ultimate Asahi Diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order, two. Plus, give you free shipping. Call 800-430-4147. 430 4147 800-430-4147. 800-430-4147.
3: You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you
5: have 5000 10000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis.
4: 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-948-6817, 800-948-6817.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers Radio Show. Today I am playing excerpts from the 2011 Berean Call Conference on Christian Palestinianism. We're learning why this is a dangerous movement, a dangerous teaching, and we will continue now with the next segment where Dr. Paul Wilkinson brings to light some of the evangelical evangelical leaders that are behind this movement and how it is interfaith supported, and it's a distortion of the Word of God. And here we are in the next segment.
1: Christian Palestinianism is, in very essence, an interfaith movement within the church. Here is Stephen Sizer. He is an Englishman, an Ang- Anglican evangelical vicar in the south of England. I've described him as the champion of Christian Palestinianism. The caption you can see was taken in 2007 October 2007 he was in front of the cameras of the Islamic Republic news agency in Tehran this is what that news agency website reported the British author Stephen Sizer said that the Zionists have distorted remarks by President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad about the Holocaust remember that Ahmadinejad denies the Holocaust And at the World Without Zionism conference that he hosted in Tehran in 2005, he said Israel should be wiped off the map. Stephen Sizer was blaming the Zionists and the Christian Zionists for distorting his remarks. How can an evangelical Christian defend such a man? Notice the little plaque standing in front of Stephen Sizer. It is a plaque of the Ayatollah Khomeini, the man who led the Islamic Revolution, in iran in 1979 which spread right throughout the middle east this is stephen sizer's published phd thesis in 2004 christian zionism Roadmap to armageddon which was endorsed by hank hanagraaff tony campolo john stott very well known evangelical leaders teachers and theologians many many more christian leaders have endorsed the writings of stephen sizer And those writings condemn Christians for standing on the word of God in their support for Israel and the Jewish state. Stephen Sizer has followed up that book with another one entitled Zion's Christian Soldiers, the Bible, Israel, and the Church. There he is in Tehran, 2007, promoting his first book. There he is addressing Islamic scholars in Tehran. And notice once again the portrait of the man above Stephen Sizer's head, the Ayatollah Khomeini. The question needs to be asked, whose authority is Stephen Sizer acting under? Do you think he's proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to these Islamic scholars? No, this is interfaith. This is compromise. This is bringing the church and Islam together. Here is Stephen Sizer receiving gifts from these two Islamic ladies. Okay, what's the problem there? Well, the lady on the left, her name is Zahra Mostafavi Khomeini. She is the daughter of the Ayatollah Khomeini, the leader of the Islamic Revolution in 1979. And she is translating into the Persian language, Farsi, Stephen Sizer's book. That is the first evangelical Christian book to be translated into the Persian language. Here is Stephen Sizer given a copy of his book to an Islamic cleric in Lebanon in 2008 and you saw a photograph in the background of Hassan Nasrallah, the leader of Hezbollah, that Lebanese terrorist organization. Here is Stephen Sizer in Libya, 2008, joined this time by Gary Burge, bottom left, and Donald Wagner to the right. If you don't know who they are, let me tell you. Donald Wagner is the director of the Center for Middle Eastern Studies at North Park University in Chicago. He's an ordained minister in the Presbyterian Church USA. He's on the board of trustees of the Council for a Parliament of the World's Religions. Gary Burge is the professor of New Testament at Wheaton College, Illinois. He's on the advisory board of the Holy Land Christian Ecumenical Foundation. He's also on the board of Evangelicals for Middle East Understanding, trying to bring the church in the West into relationship with the Arab world in the Middle East there is Wagner, Sizer and Burge at another interfaith evangelical Muslim dialogue conference that took place in Toronto, Canada in May last year. Here is Stephen Sizer you're going to hear an interview that took place in Malaysia just back in June he was invited to speak on behalf of Viva Palestina Malaysia Viva Palestina means long live Palestine they're very much involved in the Gaza flotillas you've been hearing about these ships supposedly bringing aid to the palestinian people you've will heard about that in the news listen to what steven sizer has to say i'm just gonna back up and so the idea of zionism goes back to uh, empire building colonialism and, uh, and the concept of ethnically pure races. Uh, so it's a form of racism. And all the quote you've just given us from Netanyahu's speech, he's going back to the Bible to justify it, 3,000 years, 4,000 years. Mm-hmm. What about the people who've lived there since then, yes. who can also quote from the scriptures mm-hmm. about their justification for being there too? Mm-hmm. So Zionism is a form of racism today, um, and, and Israel's really got to decide whether it wants to be an inclusive, um, uh, modern society that's multi-faith, uh, multi-ethnic, uh, just as Malaysia is, just as Britain is, or does it want to go down the route of South Africa and apartheid and separate whites from blacks? Zionism is a form of racism. That, in fact, was exactly what the United Nations stated in 1975 when they issued Resolution 3379. was actually revoked in 1991 notice how scoffing he was towards benjamin netanyahu the prime minister of israel because of the address he gave to the u.s congress in which he dared to quote the bible in talking about the right of the jewish people to the land of israel viva palestina has a branch here in the united states what is the underlying theology of this christian palestinianist movement how do they look at the bible Here is Elias Shakur. I've called him the godfather of Christian Palestinianism because all these guys we've looked at so far hold him in in high esteem. He is the Vatican-appointed Archbishop of Jerusalem. He belongs to what's called the Catholic Melkite Church. This is what he said in his book Blood Brothers, published in 1983. We've been taught for centuries that the Jews are the chosen people we do not believe anymore that they are the chosen people of God since we now have a new understanding of chosenness God isn't interested in one nation anymore He's interested in all the nations well there's an element of truth in there but what he's doing is casting Israel aside and saying they are no longer significant as a people as a nation in the sight and in the purposes of God here are his books blood brothers we belong to the land Elias faith beyond despair building hope in the Holy Land these books have had a massive impact on the evangelical church especially here in the United States a British theologian by Colin Chapman in the same year 1983 published this book whose promised land question mark questioning the long-held belief of the evangelical world that the land of Israel, the land of Canaan, was given to the Jews, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as an everlasting possession by virtue of an everlasting covenant. Men, like Colin Chapman, are questioning that. In fact, they're not questioning it, they're rejecting it. Chapman wrote, The New Testament writers ceased to look forward to a literal fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies of a return to the land and a restored Jewish state the one and only fulfillment of all the promises and prophecies was already there before their eyes in the person of Jesus. This is replacement theology, clothed in new garments. They don't like that term. They don't like being branded with that term replacement theology. So they use the term fulfillment theology. Everything has been fulfilled in Jesus. Well, Jesus says, I have come to fulfill the law and the prophets. Yes, through the Lord Jesus, all the promises and prophecies of God are fulfilled but Jesus isn't Israel, Jesus isn't the land of Israel, Jesus isn't Jerusalem as these men make out. This is their teaching. Justice and own justice, back to Naimatik's first book. This was his new hermeneutic, his new approach to the Bible. Are you ready? Here we go. When confronted with a difficult passage in, passage in the Bible, for example, When God commands Joshua and the Israelites to encircle the city of Jericho, and it falls down, and the Lord says, Go in and leave no one alive, not even the cattle, except for Rahab and her family. That is a difficult passage for Naimatik and for the Christian Palestinianists. So he says, when you're confronted with such a passage like that, one needs to ask such simple questions as this. Is the way I am hearing this... The way I have come to know God in Christ. Does this fit the picture I have of God that Jesus has revealed to me? If it does, then that passage is valid and authoritative. If not, then I cannot accept its validity or authority. So he's got the picture of gentle Jesus, meek and mild. And the fall of Jericho does not fit his picture of God in Christ Jesus. And therefore he says, no. We no longer have to pay any attention to those scriptures. God has revealed himself in a very different way. Naimatik in A Palestinian Christian Cry for Reconciliation quotes another one of these so-called difficult passages, Isaiah 61, verses 5 to 6. A beautiful promise, a glorious hope for Israel beyond the tribulation when the Lord returns and restores the kingdom to Israel. Isaiah prophesied, Strangers shall shall stand and tend your flocks, Israel. You shall eat the wealth of the nations. God is going to raise Israel up to be the chief among the nations. We know that from Scripture. But this is what Naimatik says. This exclusivist text is unacceptable today. It must be de-Zionized. So any passage of scr- scripture that sets Israel apart for a glorious future has to be reinterpreted, de-Zionized.
0: You've been listening to excerpts from the 2011 Berean Call Conference on Christian-Palestinianism his, his with Dr. Paul Wilkinson. We'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers radio show.
4: If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? Fast Track Student Loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. One quick 10-minute call could help you solve your student loan problems. So call right now. Not available in all states. Payments may vary based on income. 855-351-FAST. 855-351-FAST. 351 fast 855-351-3278.
2: There are three letters in the alphabet that strike terror in most of us. These are the three letters you need to avoid at all costs. I-R-S. If the IRS is coming after you for $15,000 or more in back taxes, you don't want to fight them alone. You need the help of the tax resolution experts at U.S. Tax Relief. They've helped thousands of people like you eliminate up to 85% of their delinquent taxes. If you qualify, U.S. Tax Relief can settle your tax debts for less than you owe, remove penalties and interest, and protect you from bank levies and garnishments. If you owe the IRS at least $15,000 in back taxes, call U.S. Tax Relief now for a free consultation and see how much money they can save you. Call 800-989-1694, 800-989-1694, 800-989-1694, 800-989-1694.
0: You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. Today I have been playing excerpts from the 2011 Brian Call Conference on Christian Palestinianism with Dr. Paul Wilkinson. In this third segment of audio, Dr. Wilkinson explains some of the history behind Christian Palestinianism, the movement, its teachings, up until present day.
1: Christian Palestinianism is rooted in Calvinism. It is rooted in Augustinianism. It is rooted in amillennialism. It is rooted in replacement theology. And these men that we have looked at already, and the ones we're going to look at in a moment, all look to John Calvin, who said in his commentary on Acts 1, 6-8, remember the last question the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And the Lord said, it's not you to know the times and seasons set by my father's authority but implicitly saying that is exactly right you've got the understanding right but the timing is not for you to know of you've got to be my witnesses that is your preoccupation now that's what you to be focused on be my witnesses in Jerusalem Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth. and in the father's timing the kingdom will be restored to Israel a child would understand that that is how the scripture reads that's not how John Calvin, Jean Chauvin, that's his, exact, his actual name because he was French, a reformer in the early 1500s. This is what Calvin said on that passage. He said that there were, quote, as many errors as words in the Apostles' question. And this, Calvin believed, proved, quote, how bad scholars they were under so good a master. And so that when Jesus said, you shall receive power, What he was doing was admonishing the disciples for their imbecility. Okay, let's bring this up to the present day. Let's hear Donald Wagner, evangelical, Presbyterian, in the spirit of John Calvin, commenting on this verse. I can see Jesus saying half in jest and half seriously, I don't believe it. Where have you people been for the past three years? This is to the disciples. You've missed the point of everything then Jesus became very harsh with the disciples this is a clear word from the Lord to the futurist dispensationalists here Jesus was telling the disciples not to place their trust in nor devote their energy to end time prophecy or the militant Zionist ideology of the zealots anybody heard of Bishop NT Wright? up until the summer of last year he was the Bishop of Durham within the Anglican Church there in the UK that is a poisoned chalice one of his previous um, incumbents denied the resurrection and the virgin birth and and so on he is a heavyweight in the academic world he can run rings around you academically very very clever man but very 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 wrong but here are some of his disciples you might recognize them Stephen Sizer Gary Burge Teek, Hank Hanegraaff all these men and many more refer to Bishop N.T. Wright and the debt they owe to this man. For publishing books like these, The New Testament and the People of God, Jesus and the Victory of God, if you've got a month to spare, then you may be able to get through these huge tomes. But I'm just going to try and summarize what N.T. Wright is saying about Israel. He said that the Lord Jesus was reconstituting Israel around himself, reinterpreting Israel's eschatological hope, reusing Israel's prophetic heritage and retelling its story and redefining what the kingdom meant you got that you understand what he's saying there no neither did I when I first read it you have to read and read and read over again but let me sum it up in one sentence from Jesus in the victory of God 2001 NT Wright said the promises to Jerusalem to Zion are now transferred to Jesus and his people to jesus and the church in other words israel's finished christian palestinianism is a proper gander machine they are producing churning out book after book after book to get their message across here are some of them the dark crusade christian zionism and u.s. foreign policy faithful embrace christians jews and the search for peace in the holy land peace or armageddon the unfolding drama of the middle east peace accord anxious for armageddon The word Armageddon appears in many of the titles of these books because what the Christian Palestinianist wants to do is say that you and I who stand with Israel we're not interested in the Jewish people we're certainly not interested in the Arab world all we care about is World War three Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus that's the caricature that's the straw man argument that's being portrayed through these books it is proper gander on the road to Armageddon how evangelicals became Israel's best friend by Timothy Weber and a British journalist Victoria Clark allies for Armageddon the rise of Christian Zionism it gets worse 1983 Yuri Davis a Jewish author now converted to Islam wrote Israel an apartheid state Mm, now things are changing now this is getting very very sinister when you think apartheid you think of which country South Africa. Is apartheid a good word? No, it's universally an abhorrent word. So what they are trying to do is attach the label apartheid to Israel and get you to feel as, as angry and aggrieved by what Israel is supposedly doing to the Palestinians as how you felt when the South African apartheid regime was oppressing, oppressing the blacks. It is propaganda. So here we are in 2011, boycott Israeli goods, don't squeeze a Jaffa, crush the the occupation. Let's turn the clock back to 1933 and where are we? We're on the streets of Germany. Adolf Hitler has just come into power. He has instructed his Minister for Propaganda, Joseph Goebbels, to call for a nationwide boycott of Jewish shops and businesses. In Ecclesiastes we read these words there is nothing new under the Sun what has been will be again we are in very dark very dangerous times and when the church when Christians when evangelical leaders never mind the liberal Protestant leaders within the church are on this bandwagon calling for the boycott of, of Israeli goods well all I can say is they're on a collision course with the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob And the Lord's return must be very, very near.
0: You've been listening to excerpts from the 2011 Berean Call Conference on Christian Palestinianism with Dr. Paul Wilkinson. We'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers radio show.
4: thousands of years, people from the Brazilian rainforest have used the asahi berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate asahi Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate asahi Diet is loaded with pure organic asahi extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the ultimate Asahi diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order two, plus give you free shipping. Call 800-430-4147 800-430-4147 800-430-4147.
3: You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have
5: 5000 10000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-948-6817.
4: 948 6817 Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show today. I have been playing excerpts from the 2011 Berean Call conference with Dr. Paul Wilkinson. He's speaking on Christian Palestinianism. And in this last segment is audio from the conference where Dr. Wilkinson will tell you about his amazing story at the Sabeel conference.
1: Here is a photograph that was taken at the Muqatar in Ramallah in Israel. That is where, before Arafat died in late 2004, that is where the the Israeli government had him held, confined. I was sat behind the man who took that photograph. Not as a sympathizer of Sabeel. This was the fifth international Sabil conference that I attended in 2004. But the Lord sent me there to observe and to see with my own eyes what Sabeel was all about. What these so-called Christians were doing. And the Fifth International Sibyl Conference was headlined, Challenging Christian Zionism. There were 600 delegates, clergymen, theologians, peace activists from all around the world and from all the mainstream Christian denominations. There were 260 delegates from the United States. We were told, I think it was the second day. The first day was bad enough. Because I was sat there in this auditorium where the conference was held, just opposite the New Gate to the Old City, those of you who have been to Jerusalem, sat in this conference. It was a um, Roman Catholic Pontifical Institute dedicated to Mary, and in that conference I heard men like Gary Burge, Donald Wagner, Stephen Sizer, Naimatik condemning Israel, condemning the United States, and condemning Christians like you and I. Once again, who dare to stand on the word of God and say, Israel has a future. God's everlasting promises are everlasting. God's everlasting covenants are everlasting. God's everlasting love is everlasting. His love for the Jewish people, as we read in Jeremiah 30. And on the second day, Na'imatik stood in that conference center and said, Chairman Arafat would like us to join him for tea. Well, I could not believe my ears. I had no idea I was going over there as an observer I would just begun my PhD research into Christian Zionism and I was sat listening to this man telling me that the next day I was gonna meet Yasser Arafat now this is how the Lord leads this is just incredible I still live with my parents my parents are not saved when my mom heard I was going to Jerusalem she went into a panic because Jerusalem to my mum equals suicide bombers getting on board Jerusalem buses and blowing people to pieces. And in my front living room, before I flew out, I said, mum, this was the kind of comfort and assurance I tried to bring her. I said, mum, even if I'm in Yasser Arafat's front room, if it's where the Lord wants me to be, I will be in the safest place on this planet. Well, she's not a believer, so she couldn't say amen. She just gave me a wry smile. And so the day I was in Yasser Arafat's front room, I was thinking, I can't wait to phone home and tell my mum. But this was the most surreal experience. I am sat in this place praying, Lord, why am I here? What am I doing, seeing all this? And Yasser Arafat came on to the platform with Hanan Ashrawi in the centre, and and. Edmund Browning the former presiding Bishop of the Episcopal Church of America and all these Christians and all these evangelicals stood to applaud Yasser Arafat. I sat down just praying Lord please help me please protect me and please show me what I'm to do after they'd all spoken Naimatique said Chairman Arafat would like his picture taken with every single one of you now he's gonna be at the door when you leave so just file through the door and shake his hand and have your picture taken. Now there was only one door into the Moketar, one way in and one way out. I'm looking over there because I just remember it as being in that corner and I'm praying thinking Lord I can't shake hands with this man. How could I ever, ever speak to a Jewish person again if I shook hands with a man who is responsible for so much Jewish blood. But I had complete peace, complete peace. I didn't know what was going to happen but total peace that the Lord was in control and so I decided just to take myself away and pray for a few moments as people began to file through the door and I used Yasser Arafat's bathroom that's my claim to fame I went through the doors at the back used the bathroom just to pray and then I came back in and now is the moment of leaving the compound to get back to my coach an Anglican an Englishman based in Jerusalem at the time came up to me and I said to him, Tony, I can't shake hands with that man. Oh, but it's the English thing to do. I said, Tony, he is responsible for the blood of so many Jews. What is the Lord going to think of us if we shake his hand? Anyway, at that moment, two of Arafat's men appeared out of nowhere, and they opened up this side wall, a wooden paneled wall. That's all it was. It was just a wooden panel to me. And they made a door. Me and Tony and this German guy didn't have to go past Yasser Arafat through the side wall up to the coach back to Jerusalem how the Lord had his hand well at that conference Yasser Arafat was presented with this book Speaking the Truth by Michael Pryor and by Stephen Sizer but that wasn't the end of the story I would not be here today Tom was sharing in the first session about how the Lord has led him wonderfully through his life and into ministry i would not be here today if it were not for the seville conference my first visit to israel what the lord showed me and i'll tell you why because i was given i was given an opportunity to stand for the lord jesus and to the honor of his name and i was presented with the challenge am i going to compromise by keeping my mouth shut and saying nothing. The penultimate night the penultimate night of that Fifth International Sibyl Conference was a 10th anniversary celebration of Sibyl. And many church leaders were invited onto the platform and they were applauded and given gifts and medals and all the rest of it. By which time I knew why I was in Jerusalem. Before I flew out, my pastor's wife, Pat, gave me a word and it was from Esther 4 and it was for such a time as this and none of us knew what was going to happen at the Sibyl conference but I knew by that stage the Lord wanted me to say something and there were words that were coming into my mind and so as I got to the conference center that night I knew that at some stage I would have to do something and say something and this is a huge auditorium and the 600 people at the very end of that night of celebration a man ran up onto the platform whispered in Naimitik's ear and he then told us that Abdul Rantisi, the spiritual head of Hamas at the time, had been assassinated by the Israelis. There was an audible groan right through the auditorium. Atik then called us to take a minute's silence for Rantisi. So all these Christian leaders observed a minute's silence for the spiritual leader of Hamas, at which point my heart was coming out of my chest, because I knew that this was the moment to speak for the Lord because you see at this conference they were praying prayers to the Lord they were singing hymns to Jesus everything that they were talking about in opposing Israel and America and Christian Zionists was all done in the name of the Lord Jesus and that was so grievous to me that our Lord's name was being used in that way and so when the minute silence ended I switched on my microphone and I began to speak and I'll tell you what I shared because it was all recorded and this is what I shared now remember Amos 7 when Amos the prophet was told by that high priest up in Bethel in the north go back to Judah with your prophecies and Amos said I was neither a prophet nor a prophet's son I was a a herdsman a dresser of sycamore fig trees but the Lord called him to speak now the Lord has not called me to be a prophet I am not a prophet's son okay I am just a brother in Christ whom the Lord has called and equipped but the Lord gave me a word and I stood up and I shared this at the conference you hypocrites you mockers of Jesus Christ you distorters of the Word of God the word of his truth you are in a house not built by Jesus Christ you are in a house that is being built by Antichrist this has nothing to do with the Lord Jesus Christ you've been weighed in the balance and you've been found wanting and those of you who do know Jesus Christ the Lord says come out come out of her so that you do not share in her sins and in her plagues and Gary Burge I felt this on my heart I appeal to you I appeal to you to come out Gary I appeal to you whom the Lord has troubled this week come out you who shook hands with Yasser Arafat you who applauded Michael Pryor you are not Christians if you can do these things the shame is on you and you will know as I was finishing that message those 600 delegates stood up and started singing to me They didn't serenade me they started singing to me very aggressively we shall overcome we shall overcome someday but I had complete peace because I knew I was in the will of the Lord I wasn't coming for a cause or spoiling for a fight or trying to make a name for myself I was just trying as weak and feeble and simple as I am just to stand for the honor of the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
0: Today, you've been listening to excerpts from the 2011 Berean Call Conference on Christian Palestinianism with Dr. Paul Wilkinson. You can hear this video in its entirety at thebereancall.org for free. Also, you can download a booklet written by Dr. Paul Wilkinson called Christian Palestinianism and the Anti Israel Crusade. And until next week on the True Seekers radio show, God bless.